welcome to the Education Game 2021. Scott, we 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 are done with 2020. Can you imagine? Good riddance. <laughs> Good riddance 2020. I tell you what, there's there's there are some some years that really will not be remembered well. That's definitely one of them. Be remembered well or it won't be remembered as well. I'm not going to rem- remember it at all. I I don't know. I wasn't alive then. I I didn't exist during that year. Yeah, I had COVID. I mean, all the political nonsense. I mean, what a mess. Glad we're past it. So now we get down to some fun stuff, though. We get to look forward into 2021. And so this show today is about helping families understand where we're going and also getting them a a bit of a prep of, of what they can expect. And so... Before we get to Scott's going to actually talk through eight different um, kind of areas of focus over the next eight weeks or so of our of our podcast and vlog. Uh, but well, Matt, Matt, you're going to help me. It's just not. <laughs> it's just I do not me talking through eight. Wait a second, Scott. It's you, not eight. It's it's we've got it down to three or four. But wait, you were a teacher, and I've been taught that I just do what you say, Scott. I mean, I thought we established this. That's what it means to be a student. Maybe not. But then it wouldn't be the education game. True that. True that. Thank you, Scott, for clarifying. Okay. So Scott and I had a lot of conversations over the last couple of weeks. And one of them was how we want to make sure we are really, really crystal clear to families about what it is that we do. And what we do is we help families put together a learning plan for their kids and their unique situation. That is what we do. And how we do that is, one, we, we, we focus on helping parents um, uh, bring some sanity to their present day, particularly as COVID still rages on. And then the second one is, again, um, you know, equipping them to build a learning plan. And so, Scott, can you talk a little bit about how in 2021 we are going to equip people a little bit differently and a little bit more specifically to help build these learning plans for their kids? Yeah, Matt. So uh, I, I guess the first thing that I want to uh, say to all of the parents is uh, I'm sorry. Um, you know, uh, as an educator, oftentimes, you know, we'll tell parents things like, well, put together a learning plan and think that that's just going to happen. Well, you know, I think one of the things we've learned uh, over the last three months with some of our trials and tribulations is that uh, uh, I think there are a lot of parents that want to put together learning plans. Uh, I just think they need some additional skills, shall we say, in their toolbox uh, to help them do that. And so um, I think that that is what the next uh, oh, I'd say two months uh, of our work uh, is going to be focused on, and that is what are those necessary skills that parents need to think about and need to work on in order to build a better learning plan for their kids? Because in the end, that's what the education game is all about, uh, helping parents develop really strong, robust learning plans for their kids whether they're in school or not. Right, right. But we also know, Scott, that if they are in school, these learning plans are not customized to the child, right? 
That's right. Uh, you know, earlier we were talking about that the, the, the plans that schools develop uh, are for kids. And uh, I would say the learning plans that we're helping parents uh, develop uh, are of kids, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, kids are the, the focus and the individual kid is the focus for that learning plan. Right, right. So, Scott, why don't you give us a taste of what we can expect over the next few weeks of how we're trying to upskill parents and some of the topics that we'll be covering in upcoming podcasts? Yeah, so uh, I think uh, the first thing that we're going to start out with uh, the first couple of weeks is a focus. And when when I say focus, I think Matt and I are going to try to uh, blog and uh, work our podcasts and all of our social media uh, uh, releases around these topics, helping parents uh, study, think, plan yes. uh, about uh, what we're going to talk about uh, at, at this point. So the first one I think we're going to start out with is uh, community-based uh, or anytime, anywhere learning. This is probably one of the most liberating activities uh, that families can undergo. Right. Uh, so many families think that in order for the kid to learn, they have to go to these places called school and Matt, you and I know that's just not the case, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think it, you know, the rest of the world is realizing suddenly in 2020, that year we won't speak about, they're realizing that there's all these opportunities to learn that they never realized were out there. So that's actually a good thing. Yeah. Isn't it funny that it took like a pandemic um, for us to figure out how to get our kids engaged at places other than school. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and you know, and I think it was uh, a challenge for parents at the, at the start, but I hear more and more uh, stories about parents that have figured out a pretty good learning day uh, for their kids now. And their kids are still at home because, you know, there are a lot of school districts that are still closed. Yep. 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 Okay. So, um, School. So we're going to see. Yeah. So we're going to start out with uh, uh, anytime, anywhere learning, mm-hmm. and try to skill parents up uh, around how to think about that, what the opportunities are. Yep. Uh, and then we're going to migrate into, uh, I think maybe three weeks, uh, maybe a little longer, uh, around uh, the real uh, academic skills that kids need to work on uh, every day, every way. Uh, and uh, we're going to sound like a broken record here because we've talked about this uh, to parents and to our fans. Uh, it is basically reading, communication, both oral and written, problem solving in both mathematics, science, and social studies, and character. That's right. Uh, those are the four. You know, really looking forward to getting into that because these are the this is the nuts and bolts, but. Uh, these are the areas that I think intimidate a lot of parents. Right. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't really feel comfortable, you know, with math. I wasn't a good math student. Absolutely. Well, parents, I think if you stick with us over the next two months, uh, as we work on these skills, 
uh, we're going to provide you with some really good resources, some really pl- some good places to go uh, to learn yourself, right? right? And right. I think that this is uh, something that we need to talk about on this podcast. And that is, so this skilling isn't really, uh, you know, initially for your child. This is a, this is, these are skills for parents. That's right. That's right. Um, and, uh, you know, cause our, our thinking is you skill up the parent, the parent can skill up the kid. That's right. And, and, you know, again, we've, we're still in the middle of COVID it, it's raging in many parts of the country. So we're not looking at getting out of this situation for months. Um, and my hope, Scott, is when we're talking about upskilling parents like this, that not only through COVID, but the minute we stop talking about COVID, parents are going to continue to know how to continue to accelerate and support learning and to build and to implement the learning plans that were con- uh, conceived during uh, during COVID so that their kids can continue to learn, right? That is our, 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 our aspiration. This is not about COVID. This is about getting your kids ready. And so, yes, upskilling parents is a, an essential step to getting a child ready for their adult life. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So tell me what's happened over the, so that's, you've, you've marked out probably what, I guess that's about eight weeks maybe of material. Uh, yeah, a little less than eight weeks. And then, uh, uh, I think we, we, we're, we're going to finish up with, uh, how you, how you build relationships. Oh, and, right. and uh, here we're not talking about uh, a dad or mom relationship. We're talking about a, uh, an adult learning leader or a learning coach uh, and uh, the young learner. Bingo. And what does that relationship look like? Right. Cause it's different. Um, we've talked about this a lot, way, way more negotiation. That's right. Um, then uh, you know, at least what, what I, uh, did as a dad. I didn't negotiate uh, as a dad. I, I did negotiate as as a learning coach. Yeah. And so we're going to help moms and dads figure out how to shift uh, back and forth uh, with those roles. Yeah. Which good. I think is a big is a big challenge for for a lot of parents. Well, um, it, all this is a challenge, right? All all of what we're talking about is helping a parent become more skilled, right? Upskilled. And, and again, when we think about the 21st century, all, all roles are shifting. Technology is, is transforming almost, well, every industry, and now it's finally transforming the education industry. And as a result, every person, a man, woman, and child, is going to need to become more flexible in their learning and to learn how to adapt to this new environment or be left behind. And, and that is not a, a, you know, a, a plan that uh, works for most people to be left behind. So yeah, this is this is it's hard, but again, we want to walk through parent walk through and beside parents as they're going through this transition because you've helped me go through it. I've helped other parents go through it. You've gone through it yourself, right? I mean, this this is uh, this is parents helping parents, and we just happen to have a little bit more of a head start than some. So that's the uh, twenty twenty one forecast uh, for the education game, at least. Oh, I would say a good two months. Uh, into it. And um, yeah. I don't know whether we can do these days uh, or, or at least tell people what work is going to look like any more than <laughs> two months in advance, I'm right? Kidding. These things are moving too fast. No question. Crazy. No question. Crazy fast. Does it kind of look like Santa Claus is like on my shoulder? 
Yes, but it also looks like he's a little, his skin is a little darker. It looks a little brown to me, Scott. I've been working on that. Good. Thank you. I've been Thank working you. on that. Thank you. And and now we'll, after after Santa Claus becomes becomes brown, we'll start working on those little elves. That always okay. seems, yeah, yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, yes, I remember. This is an oh, We're going to talk show. about 2021. We are. And we're going to talk about the note you got from a LinkedIn member. That was asking you some questions about what you expect, right? Yeah, I like I like how Matt, you know, because I'm almost sixty now. I like how Matt feeds me these lines to help me remember what I'm supposed to talk about on the podcast. We need cue cards. So thanks. Scott. I could use. Thanks. I could hold up a cue card and you can just read it. Although this is a vlog, well, it would be a little. You hard. know, I, I I talked to my wife about turning my attic into like oh, a recording studio yes she no. she nixed it not not feeling it well let me not let me talk on it right now let me talk to her because you can as you can see her. my attic is you know i've got my weight room my weight set over here i've got my guitar over there and it, you I've have got, something way way better than santa claus over your shoulder you have your kids artwork no no How no great Scott. is that no 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 that is my artwork that is I, your artwork i drew that that's uh, nice. that's a picture of my wife and kids. Uh, Scott, let me tell you a nice. quick story real quick. I don't okay. know if you know this, but I was an extremely talented artist in middle school and early high school. Did I tell you the story? No. <laughs> I didn't remember it until just you know a couple weeks ago and told it to my kids. They were horrified by it. So when I got to high school, I entered high school, I think I was taking Algebra 1. And in order to get to Calculus... By graduation, I would have had to take two math courses in one year. So I dropped my art class on my in my sophomore year and replaced it with a math course so that I could get to calculus as a freshman or as a, as a senior. So the, the, the thing that I really loved, I was really good at, I sacrificed and, th and put that away in order to meet these fairly arbitrary math standards. Absolutely none of which I used beyond high school. Zero. I mean, no algebra, no geometry. I guess maybe a small amount of ge ge geometry. No trig, no calculus. Didn't, never again. But yeah. yet the thing that I was probably best at, I I had to I had to put that on ice because I had to follow the the script for uh, for college. It's, it's a really sad story. Yeah. So uh, it speaks to and and school districts are still doing this, by the way. Um, school districts are notorious for putting together the portrait of the graduate. That's right. right? That's right. Um, and so, uh, uh, the problem, and, and you just spoke to this, the problem with, uh, your portrait was that the school district decided that it was going to be more of a math portrait than a fine, fine arts portrait. Sure. You know, the question that we should call, you know, every day is like, can't you find time to do both? Right. If it's a, if it's if it's a passion of yours. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How cool would that have been if you would have finished your math program, but also right alongside you could have uh, developed a, a fine art, uh, a visual art program right right alongside it? We're talking about seven and a half hours of school. I can't. I can't really do art and math, really. Right. So on <laughs> on one shoulder is my is my painting, 
And on the other shoulder yeah. is my, uh, you know, pencil drawing of my wife and okay. kids. Yeah. So, yeah, nice. Okay. Nice. But back to um, yeah, the LinkedIn so the uh, LinkedIn story. So yeah. uh, the question was, do I think that school is going to change once uh, the vaccine mm. uh, becomes prominent, herd immunity uh, occurs, yeah. and uh, kids come back to school? What'd you say? No. No. I don't, it won't change at all, Scott? I don't think so. Yeah. So, uh, we'll, and, and what I, what I said to this, uh, lady was, I think we are going to, I think we've already figured it out. Some of us, but more of us are going to figure out exactly how powerful the paradigm of school is for us as adults in our society. It is an extremely powerful paradigm. It is very, very difficult to break out of the practices, the behaviors, the beliefs um, that you find inside of that system. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it happens over and over and over again. Really well-meaning teachers wanting to do great things for kids, being placed inside of a system that does not allow that yes. for many reasons. Yeah. Charismatic principles that come in to try to turn around schools. I got something for you, Matt. You know, uh, 10, 15 years ago, turnaround schools was a big buzzword. You know what the buzzword should have been? Hmm. Turnaround system. Yes. Because there were charismatic principles that turned around schools. But in the end, the, the beast was the system. Right, right. And the so- system- Oh, yeah. The system powerful. is, it's a powerful system. The paradigm, the way that Ooh. we view school is even the language we use, right? We, we talk about school and education and learning all in one breath, but we know there are many, many, many places called schools where learning doesn't happen much, but yeah. there's also a lot of space outside of the school where there's a ton of learning and we seem to not remember that reality. So, um, well, kids don't get grades outside of school usually, Matt. <laughs> right and and are the only <laughs> are the only things worth learning the things that you can get graded on right yeah when when was the last time at the end of one of your kids days you said uh hey olivia i'm gonna give you an a today <laughs> or how about my wife wife okay <laughs> wife grade me on my on my husbandry skills today uh f <laughs> f more likely than not she's f a, she's an angel thankfully so, so, so school's not going to change after the pandemic. Will parents change so. after the pandemic? Will students change after the pandemic? Let me throw that question at you, Scott. Well, you know, I'm thinking uh, maybe, maybe there's a bit more pressure coming from what is really the public for public schools. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, elected officials will try to convince you that they are the they they are they represent the public. Um, that's poppycock. Yeah, yeah. So, Scott, I've mentioned to you off air that there was a young woman who, and I actually um, put a pot or a LinkedIn post about this, but a young woman who graduated from the University of Houston this past week, two with two degrees, at the age of seventeen. 
Now that is interesting, but the story that I think is behind the story or the game behind the game that's being played here is in middle school and elementary school, she was teased and picked on. Mm-hmm. Um, and her mom ended up pulling her out of school in, uh, in, I think in middle school or maybe right after middle school. And once the child was removed from school, then you saw this media or this, this kind of explosive growth in her learning, her desire to learn, her social rela- interactions with, you know, families in, in a different context. Uh, and then now four or five years later, she's graduating with two degrees from the University of Houston, being recognized by the mayor, by the president of, of the University of Houston. She's now applying for her doctorate right now. And she will find out, I think, in a month if she if she gets into her doctorate at the age of 17. That yeah. would not have happened had she stayed in the same, in the typical traditional educational model. Yeah. So I think that there is. She, she, she left to learn. Right. As, as you said earlier, she was liberated. Yeah. Right? So I think that there are many families who, some of whom are listening to our show, who are going to say, wait a second, maybe the school's not going to change, but I've changed. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to push a little bit harder to make sure my daughter, my daughter or my son is liberated, right? Maybe I'm going to push a little harder when, when a school is asking me to do something that I know in my heart is not good or right for my child. I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to say no. And I'm going to encourage my child to, if they love art and the system is saying you have to do these things, that they say, you know what, I'm going to pursue the thing that I'm passionate about because long term it's actually going to work out better. Right. So I think these learning plans a little more important, I think. That's right. That's right. So parents listening. It's It's a big difference walking into the principal's office without a plan for your child versus walking into the principal's office. Uh, I want to talk to you about how school is going to fit into my child's learning plan. Bingo. Bingo. So as a former principal, Scott, if I, Matt Barnes, came into your office and said, Principal Scott, uh, my daughter, my son, um, you know, he really loves uh, art. But uh, but your counsel- guidance guidance counselors are saying that they sh- that I he should drop art in order to take a math course. Um, if I came to you and I said, you know, Dr. Scott, uh, I'm going to do my own math course at home. Um, yeah. Would you be willing to allow me to test let my son to test out of that math course that you offer if I do my own thing at home? Because I have a learning plan for him to learn math on his own outside of school. Would you be willing to do sure. that? Right. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll go, you, uh, go one better. Yeah. Uh, when I was uh, a high school principal, uh, we had exactly this uh, this uh, dilemma. Is that right? Uh, we had a bunch of kids uh, that wanted to uh, that wanted to take a, a fine arts course. Uh, we had a uh, really popular uh, pottery uh, teacher, hmm. uh, and uh, there was a group of kids that just didn't have uh, enough time in their school day for them to take this class. Well, you know what we did was. Uh, we invented what was called the zero period. It was a period that started an hour before regular school started. Yeah, uh, We paid the teacher uh, a stipend, an hourly stipend. Uh, she was willing to come in, earn a, l- uh, a little extra money. Uh, and uh, then uh, another thing that we did, when, once that was a success, we started to build zero uh, periods 
uh, and allow those teachers to have the last period off uh, hmm. of the day. Interesting. Didn't have to pay any money for that. And that was extremely popular sure. because we had a lot of early starters, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. in terms of adults that like to get their day started. Uh, and and so why would we, you know, ask them to to start teaching at 830 when they were ready to start teaching at 730? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, this the use of time, Matt, uh, you know, whether you're in school or out of school, uh, the way that you use time, uh, you know, toward learning is a big, big game changer. Sure, sure. And again, a parent who has kind of almost budgeted their own time by creating a learning plan, they now can go to the principal and say, listen, we've got some other goals. And now they're negotiating with the principal, much like you described in your article called The Art of Negotiation. So that's good stuff. Scott, last thing for our conversations today, maybe last thing, is you mentioned that there are some policy changes, some tax policy changes that are on the horizon in Colorado that might move in other parts of the country in the coming months or years. Tell us about that policy change uh, or the planned policy change and how that affects parents uh, outside of inside Colorado and outside of Colorado as well. Yeah, well, uh, Matt, you know we had Amy Anderson uh, here with us yep. uh, a while back. Amy uh, uh, runs a, uh, a group called Reschool Colorado. She talked about uh, this pilot program that uh, they're trying to get passed uh, with the uh, Denver voters. If they're able to do this, uh, I, know, I know something about these tax increment districts because that's how Houston built the high school that I opened. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mm-hmm. did it through the difference between the current tax and the annual tax increase. Well, that difference was assigned to this high school that I opened. Well, Amy's idea is let's take that difference, that annual difference, and apply it to a fund that uh, families in need, I think it's under $30,000 a year, Uh, they can access uh, that money to help them build a learning plan for their kids. Hmm. Uh, And, uh, you know, whenever you start talking about giving parents money, uh, the V word comes up, vouchers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we We don't want vouchers, right? Well, at least in Colorado, Reschool has stayed away from uh, the word voucher. Um, but uh, again, I go back to who is the public in public school? Um, so is, is, it, is it just totally okay for state legislatures to decide how money is going to be spent uh, for public education? Or do parents have a say in that? Right. And you, you kind of know where I I, I fall on that question. Sure. But Scott, so this new policy, it, would it, has it been approved first off? No. Okay, uh, so it's, it's, COVID, COVID has slowed everything down. Got it. So it's still. Uh, it's, I think Amy said that they're going to try to get it on the ballot uh, this coming fall. Yeah. So this is, we're talking about, what is it, 40 million or a hundred million dollars or something? Or what are we, this is a signal. I, I, 
I, I don't know the amount. Okay, but um, it's enough. It's enough for yeah, it's, the low-income families to then use it to find enrichment activities for their kids, to it, to build and implement a learning plan, right? The, the, to to a lot of enrichment-related uh, supports for kids, right? That's right. I, I don't think it's taking on school time, right? Right. Uh, for now, right. But you could easily see how this is going to play out, right? Yeah. You know, if this is successful, if kids uh, show you know, real difference because of these learning plans and because there are, there's public money supporting mm-hmm. these learning plans. Uh, I think this, this could be a game changer, Matt. Right now. And again, Scott, don't forget there are, and I'm saying really to parents, don't forget there are 180 days where your child steps foot into a classroom or a school per year. There's a, that means there's 185 days where there is no kind of formal academic instruction. Those days are how these monies can be used, plus even the even after school, too, I'm guessing. And so a lot of the gap in learning comes from those families who are, are not able to access some of the learning supports that we're going to talk about, Scott, uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, online learning, community-based learning. A lot of that stuff requires resources, and so this is a really this is a pretty interesting opportunity for folks in Colorado, and hopefully for folks outside of Colorado as this kind of uh, policy moves forward. So, families, you have a possibility of looking forward to additional help um, to build and then implement your learning plans. In the meantime, we are your help to do that, right? Without the yeah, hundreds, help, help. without the hundreds of millions of dollars. You, you got that right. <laughs> Unless someone wants to put a $100 million check in Scott's stocking. I was waiting. I, you know, every, every day before Christmas, I was running to my mailbox in the snow. Oh, and no. uh, I know where you're looking going. for that for that check. Yeah. Oh, it the, didn't come. Okay. Gotcha. Well, keep looking, Scott. I'm sure it's on its but way. But it's important work. It is definitely important work. It's important work. Okay, um, so we covered some things. Let me re, kind of remind folks. So this this upcoming year, 2021, we are really being super focused on helping parents build learning plans for their kids. And this matters because the schools are not capable, uh, well, they don't build customized learning pa- plans based on your actual kid. So that means that your kid now, when working with us, they will... Uh, and you will learn how to help your kid learn about the things that they have an interest in and get super excited about learning as opposed to what often happens in school, which is kids want to leave school because they hate learning. They love the social aspects of school, but they hate the drudgery of learning about stuff they're not interested in over and over and over and over again. The next eight weeks, we're focusing on upskilling that's our term, upskilling parents, so that they know how to build these learning plans. Scott's going to be leading a lot of that work. Um, and, um, uh, so more to come on that, uh, Scott, anything that we should be reminding folks on, um, or, or, uh, giving them a heads up on before we close this conversation this afternoon? Yeah, well, we've got, uh, the promise and the plan going on right now with, uh, 10 to 15 families, right. uh, uh, give or take, and, uh, they are, uh, all of them have uh, completed their scouting report. Uh, they're now starting to work on what we call the game plan, i.e. learning plan. Yep. So I'm really excited to see 
uh, how creative, how liberating uh, this experience can be uh, for uh, not just the parents or the kids, but the families, the extended families, right. the communities of, of learners. Right. Right. Great, great point, Scott. And again, if parents want to know more, they can go to our website at theeducationgame.com. Click under the Promise and the Plan button, and you'll see some information of how to get started. Step one, two, three around starting with the um, the scouting report. And then also, parents, if you want to talk to one of us uh, and to get some coaching, this is a free service we provide. It's a 30-minute uh, you know, coaching session. Go to our website again, theeducationgame.com. Click on the button that says free help and schedule a time to have a one-on-one conversation with us. Or you could make a phone call and you can call us at the number 832-210-1200, extension 1200. Again, 832-210-1200, extension 1200. Leave a message. We'll get back with you and schedule an appointment. Um, if, I'm, if I'm at my desk, I'll answer the phone uh, and we can we can get started right away. So listen, we welcome you to 2021. That previous year, which will go unnamed and unmentioned from this point on, it's gone. Now it's only looking forward, and we're going to make sure that you and your children are prepared for the future. So I'm Matt, Dr. Scott. We are The Education Game, and we thank you for listening today. We look forward to interacting with you more in 2021. Take care. Happy New Year, Matt. Happy New Year, Scott. Take care. Happy New Year, everyone.